Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. We've got a big, exciting episode. We've got a very special, wonderful guest with us here today. We have my business manager and co-coach in the mastermind, Rebecca Lara. I'm so excited. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's my honor. Can you tell everybody listening a little bit about you and what you do? A lot of people know you around here. I feel like you're a beloved member, the only member of Team Faith Mariah these days. <laughs> it's down to just me and Rebecca, y'all. Um, yeah, beloved member of Team Faith Mariah. Rebecca like keeps my business afloat. I would, I always like joke, but I'm serious. I'm like, I would die without you. <laughs> but go ahead and introduce people and let them know who you are and what you do. Okay. Thank you. Um, one, you would not die without me, but <laughs> I don't it know. Is... I'm, not, I'm not convinced. You always <laughs> say that. I'm like, I think I might actually die, <laughs> but it is fun working with you. So yeah, I'm Rebecca. I am the owner of Rebecca Lara virtual solutions and I'm the creator of time to thrive program. So I specialize in helping extra busy mom entrepreneurs um, run their business in less time and without working harder because I'm a mom of three special needs kiddos. And yeah, I know what it's like not to, <laughs> to have time in quotes. Um, but I, I still run my business. It's still profitable and successful, even though it's summer and they're all home with me right now as we speak. <laughs> yeah. I want to talk to you about time because this comes up a lot in the mastermind when we're coaching. It just comes out a lot for people in general. One of the things I see people think a lot is this kind of thought of like, if I had more time, I would get more results. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. Do you think for me to get more results, I just need to like, I need like what, this is kind of the mindset, right? It's like, I need a hundred hours. I need to sit down at the computer and like grind it out. And like, we'll have all these hours. And then if I had all the hours, I would get more results. Right. Right. That's totally a common misconception, right? Um, all of us think that. And I will say from experience, my own and like one client comes to mind right away. It's like she thought once her schedule opened up that she'd have all this time in the world to get all this stuff done and her children left the house and they're, no, it's like the opposite happened for her. And for many of us, you know, I'm not picking on one person. It's just an example of like, yeah, even when you become an empty nester and you think like, ah, like finally all this time, it's like, no, because then you start spinning and you're wondering, am I doing the right thing? Or, you know, you just, you overthink everything and it ends up taking longer. So I actually find it's the opposite. And that's why I think, um, you know, even in my own situation, it's like, I have less time. So it's like, when I do sit down, I am super intentional about what I'm doing. I don't waste time, you know, scrolling. And I mean, I do sometimes, but, <laughs> but for the most part, it's like, if you only have an hour, it's like, you know, you got to just get to work and get things done. So, and I find, you know, that for my clients too, they tell me when they go on vacation and they have like one day to get their stuff done for the whole week, cause they're leaving town, they get so much more done than you do all the other weeks. So it's really interesting that, um, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. I think that's tricky how our brains do that. And I see the same thing and I see people, people will like quit their jobs or something and they'll be like, I have so much time to work in my business. But then exactly what you said, what they do is they just end up, uh, 
being slow. (laughs) They end up like spending a lot of time, like being very confused and being very indecisive. And it just kind of like, I always say like you produce that the, the amount you produce doesn't change with time. So if you produce a certain amount every week, even if you have time, you have to learn to be able to produce more, right? It's not like you just get more time and then you produce more. Like you just keep producing at the level you've always produced. And so then what happens when people give themselves more time to do things is they just spend more time thinking about what to do, giving themselves way too long to make decisions. Should I do this? Should I do that? Well, I could do this. I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. And none of that is actually producing, right? I always talk about the only thing that counts as working in your business is producing like assets for your business. So mm-hmm you know, making content, making systems, making products, but thinking about making products, (laughs) thinking, and it's so tricky, right? Because then we go on this thing where we're like thinking about the products and thinking about the business and it feels like you're working really hard. (laughs) You're exhausted. You have any tricks for people about how to kind of manage that drama that comes up? Yeah. um, A lot of times, you know, one, like you said, like you think you have all this time. So you just push things off. Like, well, I'll get that to that later and tomorrow. And it's like every day, it's like the same thing over and over. So a lot of times I just tell women to just get started, like set a timer. I know you say this too. Like literally I have a timer right by my desk at all times. And when I'm feeling that way, I just set the timer for like 10 minutes. I'm like, I'm just going to get started. And then if I want to stop, I will, but usually that's enough to like, just get going. And for me, like, I feel that way when it comes to writing, like it's not my favorite thing to do. Um, so I just have to set my timer and just like, just get started. And then once I start going, it's like, then it flows out and it's like, Oh, well, this wasn't so bad. Um, so a lot of times when you're overthinking or, you know, just stuck because you're not sure what to do, it's like, just do the opposite, just do something, anything. Um, and it usually gets the momentum going. Yeah, we do that in the mastermind. In the mastermind, we do Monday co-working, which I always thought was so interesting because we started doing it because people were like really on this thing. They were like, we want accountability and we want, and I was just, kind of, I was like kind of eye-rolly about it for a while, to be honest. I was like, I don't know what you, I'm not going to hold you accountable. Like I'm not your mom. Like, I don't think so. That's, you know me, that's like definitely not the vibe in there yeah. at all. I'm like, it's a very, like, we expect you to be accountable, like as a business owner, but we started doing this Monday co-working and it's been so interesting because we do these blocks where it's like 20, 25 minute blocks of work and then a break and then another block of work and just setting the timer. Even when I lead those, like when usually Melissa does them, but if I have to go in there and lead them, I'm always shocked at how much shit I get done (laughs) because it's like, when you set the intention of I'm going to get this done in 20 minutes, we all put in the chat, what we're going to do. You you don't have that much time to be, be fucking around and be confused. You're like, Oh, I got to get this done right now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I feel like that is really, really helpful. So I like the idea of having the timer on the desk. Yeah. Well, I actually stole mine from my kids. I bought that for them (laughs) when they were during the pandemic, all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oops, my kids are all home with me now. And like, I could, I was working and managing three kids in their remote learning. So I bought them all these timers that just sit on the desk and I would say, do this for 20 minutes and set the timer. And then once they went back to school, I was like, well, that would be really helpful for myself, (laughs) but yeah. um, 
And the other thing I think too, that plays into it is just like being intentional and like learning what you're going to do and not do. Because, you know, a lot of new entrepreneurs think that they have to do all the things and learn all the things. And they spend a lot of time learning and researching. And um, some cases, yes, you have to do that, but like, just be intentional with your time. What is going to like, like you said, produce results and bring in the money and reach out to new clients. And those are the only things to do. And then it kind of like reduces the drama. <laughs> yeah, this is really important. This is a conversation we were just talking about last night when I was coaching in the mastermind, but you know, Rebecca's my business manager. You track our money and stuff. And I was telling someone, I was like, you know, you can set up the funnel and the stuff on the back end, but I was like, do you have cash coming in? You know? And she's like, no. And I'm like, you need to go get clients. I'm like, you have a cash flow problem. And like, yeah, having a fancy welcome sequence is all nice, but I don't even know if we have a welcome sequence, to be honest. And I make <laughs> like multiple, uh, we're, you know, we do hundreds of thousands of dollars a year now in sales. I don't have time necessarily to, to mess with all that. And I'm, I'm not bashing like welcome funnels and stuff. I'm sure we do have one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I <think laughs> but I did. Think, like, that's how like unimportant it is to me. Like if we deleted the welcome funnel, we would still make the same amount of money. And so you got to know kind of how you're going to get clients and be focusing on money. And so people ask a lot, like, how do I know? They're like, okay, Rebecca, like, I get it. Like, I can't do all the things, but how do I know what I'm supposed to do? It's like, you need to figure out how you're going to get money coming in and you have to take your best guess, right? You got to take your best guess at what you think will get sales in the door, but that's always, we're always looking at the bottom line. Like that's the goal. The goal is not followers. The goal is not subscribe. I don't even know how many email subscribers we have. I don't know how many followers we have on Instagram. I don't track that. I track sales money. Like, and I think people really need to be focused and dialed in on metrics and then you can kind of look at like what is impacting our sales like what clients do you have right now what sales have you made and where do those people come from like can you get go get more of them if you're not making any sales like what do you need to do to make sales today like I'm like go try to make sales now not not like six months from now with your funnel like you know what can you do to get cash in the door now because if you don't have any money coming in you have a cash flow problem which I think people sometimes in this space, they get like too patient in this waiting game where it's like, well, someday then I'm just going to keep working for free and maybe someday it'll make money. And I'm like, no, like <laughs> you have tips as far as like, how do you advise people to figure out what those revenue generating activities are? In general, it's just taking a look at like cutting out all the fluff, you know, like like changing your branding colors, you know, while it can be important, it's not going to bring in extra money. So it's just like, even this summer, you know, like I said, my kids are home with me, my husband's away for work every day. So what, so I just look at it, like if I only have two hours or one hour today, what is going to make the biggest impact? So, you know, reaching out and sharing my content about my new program is important. If, if people don't know that it exists, they won't be able to sign up. So it's like, what can I do to spread the word? What can I do to network um, and make connections? What can I do to collaborate with others? Um, just ways to get the program out there. So I'm always thinking about that um, most importantly, but also 
you know, as a busy mom, like I said, like running all the things and doing all the things, like I also think about my life and my lifestyle. It's like, what can I outsource to, you know, like, so that I can make the time for my business to do those important things. So like grocery pickup service, you know, like I talk to my clients about this a lot, like how to like connect what you're doing daily with your vision. You know, are you doing the things today that are going to help you get there? So for example, one of my clients, um, she was doing a lot of done for you work, but she didn't want to be doing that. She wanted to be more mentoring and coaching and selling her membership, but she kept saying yes to all the done for you client services. And, you know, she had to get really intentional and sometimes it's uncomfortable, right? Um, it's easier to say yes to some of that. Cause it's like, it's more immediate income, but it's kind of, you know, balancing all of that. Like, yes, I might need this immediate income in the moment, but also working towards your vision. So it's just, I guess to summarize all of that, I would say it's just asking yourself that question daily, what's going to make the biggest impact and get me to my vision. Um, you know, and make sure those are the things you're doing. Yeah. I love, well, I love a couple of things that you said, but I love that you were talking about like doing the grocery pickup and stuff. I tell people this all the time. Cause people will be like, I feel like I'm at the point I'm making money. I need to like hire, like, what's the first thing to hire out? And I'm like, get someone else, like whatever that is the cheapest stuff to outsource. It's like grocery shopping, cleaning your house, like Aaron stuff like that. A lot of that stuff, there's like really cheap ways to outsource. And then you can be doing the higher level activities of like writing the cop, like hiring someone to write your copy is way more expensive than having your groceries like <laughs> delivered or picked up or something, you know? So I think looking at where are you spending your time and what are the cheapest things <laughs> mm -hmm. to outsource is a good place to start. And it's, it's not always hiring a VA. Sometimes it's like, getting a babysitter, like mm -hmm. having someone watch your kiddos or something like that is often a really good first investment for people to make when they start making money that people don't think about, right? Everybody always goes to like fancy business coaches and all this stuff. I'd love to hear what you think about office hours. So I tell people to do office hours. Everybody fucking hates it <laughs> tell you right now. Nobody, everybody, nobody likes it. I get pushed back on it all the time in the mastermind. And I tell people, I'm like, look, like you're never going to want to do it. It just is what it is. Like, just expect, res I'm always like, expect resistance. Like you're going to make your whole schedule, like, you know, Sunday night and it like all looks good. And then when Monday morning rolls around, you're going to be like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't I have on my calendar. I have to do Facebook ads this afternoon. I don't want to do that. I never want to do that. <laughs> it's like no part of me that wants to do that, but I just follow my calendar. But the reason I tell people to do office hours is I find it helps them not indulge in so much confusion. And I find people give themselves way too much time to do things. And I find this like whole thing kind of fascinating, but I find what people do and especially new entrepreneurs, is they just kind of act like time is outside of their control. Mm -hmm. like, like a sales page just takes them however long it takes. And I don't know, we got to see. And like, I don't know how long it's going to take me to write the post. And I don't know how long it's going to take. It just, I got to write the email and see how long it takes as if they have no control over how fast or slow they do or like how long things take. And I always say like, things take the amount of time you you give yourself to do them, right? So like we were talking about earlier, having more time doesn't necessarily produce more results. 
often what it does is just give you more time to be confused. But do you have your clients do office hours or how do you have people kind of manage that? Yes, I definitely do advise the same thing because again, it's all about intentionality. So if you just kind of wait to find in air quotes time, like you're never going to find it, you know, you're just, there's always going to be something else that's more urgent um, coming up, whether, you know, it's a nine to five job or your spouse or your partner or your kids, something's always going to get in the way. So I always talk about being very intentional with your time. It's like, that's one of the first things we go through is like, where are you spending your time now doing like an inventory? It doesn't have to be elaborate or crazy, just like, where is my time going? And then what can be, I cut out. And then the second part is like a lot of moms that I'm coaching this summer are talking about the crazy schedules with the kids home, as I keep mentioning. Um, they're like, well, I just don't know where to find time to write my content, for example. And it's like, well, let's just like, you just have to stop and think about it. Well, when is a good time? It's like a lot of times I just ask them that question back to them and they're like, well, actually, and they, they know like, oh, well in the morning when it's quiet or after they go to bed or nap time or whatever it is, but just thinking about it and then making a choice and putting it on your calendar. Um, so you're not just waiting for it to like, you know, poof into you know your schedule it's not going to happen yeah and it, so. that's the important thing that I want to talk about that I want people to realize is like this is in your control like you decide how long things take right so I always give the example of like like I went to grad school I wrote like a massive fucking like billion page <laughs> thesis paper right like that had a due date it wasn't just like, oh, I'm just going to write it and like, see how long it takes. And like, I'm not going to my professor, like I've never wrote a thesis. I don't know how long it's going to take. It's like, this is when it's going to be done by like all of your shit has to be, your draft is due here, you know? And it's not like, oh, like, well, I have no control. It's like, you do have control and you know, you have control because there's lots of deadlines in your life that you hit. So like, we do get to decide how long things take and you do have like some kind of control. And I like to what you said about the finding the time. It's, it's the same kind of mindset, right? Where it's like, I just don't know where I'm going to find the time. And like, it's all outside of my control. And I just got to wait for like, to have the time to open up, which is exactly true what you're saying. Like none of us ever have the time until you decide that you have the time, but it's really, I think people have more control over time than they realize. I think people get really victim-y about time and their life. And don't get mad at me, you guys, but the kids too. Like I see it all the time. It's just any circumstance in our life. There's always going to be like circumstances in your life that are stressful. And I'm always the first person to tell people like, I know life is hard, right? I'm the first fucking person to tell you that like life is hard and unfair and brutal for everyone. That's what we're doing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's joyful and beautiful and there's love and all that stuff. And then there's like suffering and, and all of in grief and struggle and hardship. And it's both things you always are going to, every person is going to have both things. And, you know, you have to decide who you're going to be and how you're going to show up in the tough times. And I love that you talk to women about that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I know yeah. you work with women. You said you work with women with extra busy lives. Like, what does that mean? And how do you kind of help them? Yeah. So I guess I'll just start by saying like what my own experience was. Um, you know, like you said, I, I had a victim mindset. So the back, the quick backstory is that my daughter, when she was eight, she went into acute liver failure. 
in the middle of a play date on my birthday. So today I'll never forget. Um, and it just obviously like took us all by surprise. We had no idea what was happening. And, you know, fast forward four months of her being in the hospital, like it was, it was traumatic, very traumatic. We almost lost her. She was on life support, the whole thing. Um, and for a long time, it felt like, why me? Why us? Why her? And I felt like our life was over as we knew it because she was on a feeding tube. She was on oxygen. She was in a wheelchair. Like it was as bad as it could get for a while. And I, yeah, I was, and I know that like I needed to grieve and get through all of that. So I'm not like shaming myself, but on the other side of things, I realized, like you said, like I have a choice here. Um, and actually something stuck out in my mind that you shared in a coaching call a long time ago about, um, you know, if someone gets in a car accident, there's two ways that they could think about that situation. One, like, oh my gosh, why me? This is horrible. Or the other choice is like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Like I'm okay. And I can move on with my life from here. And so at some point I just got tired of being in that victim mindset and decided like, no, like actually it's pretty amazing that she's still here with us and that she gets to recover. And even if it's long and hard, like I started cherishing every moment I had with her. And then from there, I was able to like branch out and think about my own life. Cause for a while I thought life was over for me, like my dreams, my aspirations, um, as a caregiver, it just felt that way. So anyways, my point of all this is that like, I finally realized I have control over the way I'm thinking about this situation and decided to totally shift that. And like, I still get goosebumps thinking about it because we're the, like actually the luckiest people in the world. Like fast forward, I was at her swim meet last night for four hours in the 101 degree heat, which sounds awful, but I was like, <laughs> I was so happy. I watched my daughter who almost died swim in her first swim meet last night. Like I'm totally getting emotional, but like, she has shown me like, you don't have to let this get you down. Like even going through hard times, yes, you can grieve and process all those emotions, but, but yes, you can also like choose to live your life and like see the other side of it all. And, um, that's how I built my business. Like I decided like, no, this is my one life. I get to care for my daughter and I get to reach my own goals and dreams and teach other women this valuable lesson so that they don't have to experience the suffering I did to learn it. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, I mean, yes, we all go through our stuff for sure, but like, that's the biggest lesson, the silver lining, if you will, in this whole experience for me is, you know, just learning, like, this is your one life. Like you get to decide how you live it. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. You're making me cry too. <laughs> I was like both start the morning off crying a little, just, just <laughs> at work. <laughs> but thanks for sharing that story. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Cause like I said, like it's such a human experience, like tragedy, grief, struggle, you know, everyone goes through it. It's just such a human experience. And so I know a lot of people listening, you know, can relate to that for sure, relate to that story. And I always say that I think it's important, you know, we don't get to control what happens to us in life. Like life is so unpredictable, you know, everything can change in a mm -hmm. moment, right? I mean, we all have examples of that where it's like, oh, and now everything is different forever. <laughs> it's like, we were on this path and now it's like, you know, we've now done a 180 and everything I thought 
that was going to happen is going to look different. Um, and, you know, we don't get to decide when that happens or what happens. And I'll be the first person to tell you like life, you know, life is unfair, like good, you know, bad things happen to good people all the time, but you do get to decide how you think about it. And you do, you don't get to decide what happens, but you do decide what it means. And, you know, that's really how I changed my life too, right? It's like, I had to stop playing the victim also and decide, yeah, like lots of shitty things have happened in my life and I'm going to have a good life. Like I'm going to make something out of this, like something I was just like, you know, I remember just being so miserable and just being like, you know, sometimes when you hit those rock bottoms, it's just like, you almost like have to, <laughs> you're just like, you're just like, we have to like see this differently. And I have to make something positive out of this because if I don't, it will ruin my life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I've definitely had those moments too. Do you have any advice for women that maybe are listening to this and are resonating and maybe in a tough season right now, and they're trying to, you know, not just give up, and they want to keep doing their stuff and doing their business, like you said, but then they're like, but I have all this shit happening. Mm -hmm. you, what are your kind of tips? Yeah, I always tell women that like slow progress is still progress. Mm. So if you know you have a dream, but you don't have, you know, five hours a day to work on it right now. It's like even just making little steps forward is going to set you up for success because eventually you know, life will change and circumstances will change and you'll have more time. And then you'll have like this foundation set and you'll be moving in the right direction. You've already made all that progress. So slow progress is still progress. And like, that's what got me going in the beginning. I started out really simple, really slow. And I found it actually gave me motivation in my life is to have something outside of being a caregiver because it's, you know, very lonely place to be sometimes. And it gave me hope and direction. And it's like, even if I just do a little bit today, it's like, it's good for me. It was my way of having self-care. So I always tell women to like, find what brings you joy, whatever it might be. For me, it was work, you know, it really was. Um, but whatever it is, just do a little bit of it, even if you can't devote a ton of time in the beginning. Yeah, I love that thought. Slow progress is still progress. And we talk a lot in the mastermind about black and white thinking. Our brains love to do this, like it's either this or this. And it our brains love to tell us it's like it's either work on the business a hundred hours a week or just forget it. It's not even worth doing at all. <laughs> and you know, my brain loves to do this with health and fitness. The thought I've been using with health and fitness lately is just like every little bit counts. Because what would happen to me is I would either maybe not have time to do a workout or miss my workout or, you know, go out to eat and eat French fries. And the next thing I know, I'd be like, well, it's all for nothing. <laughs> Let's just forget it. Like, you know, and I would just throw everything out the window for the whole, the whole rest of the week. Sometimes I would just be like, well, just forget it. Like it's all for nothing. And I see people do that with their business. So I love that thought. Slow progress is still progress every little bit counts and it's just kind of chipping away at that little thing and then be proud of the things that you are getting done. But other thing I see that I think really cripples people as far as managing time is people never feel proud about what they're doing. They just focus on everything that is left to do 
and everything they're not getting done. I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. I'm not doing this. I'm not posting on TikTok. I didn't send my email, my, 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 right? Yeah. And they never take time to celebrate and like feel proud about what you did actually do. Um, and I always say, you know, shame doesn't create momentum. And I tell the mastermind all the time, I'm like, if you guys could like bully yourselves and like shame yourselves into being more productive, like you all be six figure earners, it doesn't work. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And I'm like, I would be on board. I'm like, yeah, I would help you shame yourself. If I thought I could get you the result. Like I'm really, I'm not committed to making everybody feel happy all the time. I'm committed to, to helping people get results. And so if I thought you could like be really hard on yourself and like get the outcome and do the result, I would be on board. Right. <laughs> I'm like, It just doesn't work. Right. And so I think it's interesting because I think our brains think that like, I'm going to shame myself and be really hard on myself that way that way I can like make sure I get where I want to go but usually it just results in the opposite of people being slow and then eventually just quitting because why would you want to keep doing that like eventually you're just going to want to give up so yeah, yeah I really like that tip I tell my clients that too like one your to-do list is never going to be like done it just never is there's always going to be I think I heard a statistic like 40 hours of, of work in your backlog you know, so just knowing that and being like, just accepting, like, it's never going to be done. We don't have jobs where you like sign out and you're done. Um, there's always something waiting. So another thing I learned was from um, a book called Soundtracks, which I really love by John Acuff. He's really funny too. So I suggest following him if you haven't, but anyway, he, one of his mantras or affirmations is something along the lines of like, you know, today was a great day. When my head hits the pillow, like I'm done kind of concept. And I've left myself a lot of great things for tomorrow. It's like just a way to like shift the thinking from like, oh my gosh, I didn't get all this done to actually I left this for myself for tomorrow, like a lot of fun, exciting things to work on. And um, just sometimes those slight shifts can like just take the the, you know, guilt and shame and heaviness off of like what we did or didn't do, um, each day. Yeah. Yeah. And the, I was just talking to a client about this this morning, actually. And I think it's so interesting because I think, I think most people think that overwhelm is created from their to-do list and from their circumstances. And they're like, they don't understand that overwhelm is created from what they're thinking about their to-do list. It's like, you, I have, I have the fucking longest to-do list out of anybody, you know, you're always trying to get me to do things. <laughs> or I'll be like, I need you to do this. And then she'll be like, no, seriously, I need you to do this. <laughs> like, you know, I have a million things to do. Like, I don't even, I don't even know how else to say it. Like I have so much, like I want to do all the time. And there's so much going on and so many projects all the time. And I also don't want to work all the time. Like I didn't start this business to be in this office 60 hours a week. Like that's not what I want to do. And so I'm just telling you guys this to offer to you, like having a lot of things to do doesn't create overwhelm because I have as much to do as anyone, like for sure. And I never feel overwhelmed because I don't make that mean anything about me or my success or the business, or it's just like, it's fine. It's like, I have a million things on the to-do list. And to me, I'm like, that's great. Well, we're going to get what we can do done. And I feel really proud of what you and I accomplished as two people that only work in this business. I only work 20 hours a week. You work less than that. And we get a massive amount of shit done, you know, and I'm really proud of that. I, I don't feel like 
oh my God, we didn't get this done or, oh my God, this and that. I'm always just like, yeah, like I think we're doing a really good job and I do feel proud of the work we do. And I wish more women felt like that about their own work, right? And felt good about what they are doing. Cause so many women are making food and taking care of their kids and trying to learn about a business and trying to post on social media and doing all this stuff. And then they feel like shit, mm-hmm. right? And they feel overwhelmed. It's like, and then the overwhelm, the overwhelm thing is really interesting to me because it it kind of goes back to that victim mentality where it's like, well, I have a million things to do. Of course I'm overwhelmed. Like this is just like happening to me. This is just how it has to be. And I think people get resigned to that where it's like, yeah, my life is overwhelming. That's the truth. That's just the like capital T truth. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you can see it different and have a completely different experience. I wish more people knew. Yeah. You know, the and it, stuff that you teach. It took me a while to get there. Like I was saying, but I mean, yeah. I mean, in the beginning, like no one would argue with me. Like I had a daughter recovering from it, you know, multiple organ failure. I have another daughter with autism and a third daughter with, you know, ADHD, anxiety, all the things. It's like, no one would argue with me that I had too much on my plate, but like, it wasn't doing me any good to talk about it over and over again either. Like it wasn't helping me. It wasn't helping them. wasn't helping my business. And I just felt miserable. So that's the other like thing, like you're saying, it's like, a lot of times, you know, we get sucked into it. Like I'm not judging anyone because I've been there myself, but like when you realize you have a choice to look at things differently, um, your whole life changes. And now I know it sounds so cheesy, but like literally every day I am just so grateful for everything I have. Um, and I could still, people would still believe me if I said life was miserable here because it is sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, for Um, sure. But like, I just, found that like it wasn't doing me any good to think about that those things and and being consumed by the overwhelm yeah Um, yeah, my I have tons of things I need to you know doctor's appointments to make and things for them right now as we speak but I'm just like yeah I'll get to it like it'll get done the most important things will get done that's one of one of the things I tell myself and my clients to remind themselves of all the time yeah, that's a really good thought. And like, you can handle it, right? That's right. one of my favorite ones. Cause my brain loves to go like, what if this, and what if that? And like, what? And I'm just like, if that happens, we, I can handle it. Like yeah. I've got it, you know, like I can handle anything, anything that happens and anything that comes up. And I think that level of trust kind of takes some of that anxiety away. One of my favorite examples lately about this that I've been telling the mastermind, like over and over again is like, yeah, it can be true right? That you're busy. Like, I'm not going to argue with anybody. Like we're all fucking busy. Like I'm sure, you know, you could be the most busy person in the world. I don't know, but it's like, is that helpful to think about? And I keep using this example of like my brain, when I drive in my car loves to think about, I could get in a head on collision and die. Now, is that true? Like, yeah, that could happen. It's true. Right. And I could go get a bunch of evidence about that, about people dying in head-on collisions, right. dying in car accidents. And sometimes I'll Google it. Right. Cause we're right. Crazy. I'm like, Oh God, let me see what the probability is. Right. And we'll go gather all this evidence. And it's like, just because it's true, it's like, is it helpful for me to think about? Right. So it's not that you're not busy. Like we're not saying you're not busy and we're not saying life is not hard. Like we both know life is hard. We both know, you know, that we're all busy and we're all doing a lot. Like, you know, we get it. 
but it's like, is it helpful for you to think about? It's, it's like, yeah, it's true. I could die in a head-on collision while I'm driving my car. Is that helpful for me to think about every time I'm driving? No, all it does is create like massive anxiety and like the result of me not wanting to go anywhere, <laughs> which is like not a result I want to create, right? And I think the same thing about being overwhelmed about your life you always say, I love like the phrase of like indulging. Like I think like some emotions are very indulgent and I think overwhelm, I always talk about confusion being very indulgent, like indulging in confusion, but I think overwhelm is also very self-indulgent. It's a little bit victimy and a little bit of a pity thing. And sometimes it feels good, right? To do that. <laughs> We're just like, I'm just going to indulge in some, some overwhelm and think yeah. about how hard everything is. Uh, but it's like, it doesn't help you long-term to do that. All it does is just cause more stress. Just like if you're driving your car, thinking about a head-on collision, it's like, is it true? Yeah, it's true. It's like, but it's not helpful for you to focus on. It's like, what, what experience do you want to have? And what do you need to focus on to have that experience? It's not about things being true or not true, because everything's kind of true, both true and not true, right? If you really get into everything. So I think deciding what kind of experience you want to have and then figuring out what do I need to focus on to have the type of experience I want to have. And I think too, some people are just resigned that like being an entrepreneur and building a business is miserable, right? They're just, it just sucks and it's going to be hard and it's miserable. And it's like, is that the experience you want to have building your business? Like, I don't want that. Yeah. And I think too, sometimes the overwhelm is kind of a mask for or another way to procrastinate like when things are scary and unknown um I know I've done this myself and I see clients you know it's like well if you just tell yourself how busy you are and how overwhelmed you are and how little time you have then you have all these excuses not to do the thing whatever that thing might be like start a business or in my case it was write a book like I'm going to be a published author this year and I used to I didn't even know that. I didn't even know you were doing that. That's amazing. No, it's not like a full book. It's not a full book. for you. (laughs) But I kept telling myself like, well, someday when I have more time, like I was doing it to myself and I realized like, I have to call myself on that. And, um, and being a coach is so annoying, isn't it? Because it makes you the most accountable because you're like, oh God, like I know better. Right. (laughs) So annoying. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, like I'm always like the mastermind's like the most account that makes me so accountable, right? Yeah. Like I have to walk out the things that I talk about. And it just is like it's I've built like the ultimate accountability for mm-hmm. myself <laughs> talking about all this stuff publicly. <laughs> so true. I find that too. So true. I want to talk about systems just for a minute and then we'll wrap up. But you're the systems queen. Rebecca organizes. Rebecca, when she came on to my business, my business was, I don't know, a shit show. How would you describe <laughs> it? I don't no. know. It was like a Google. No, it was. It was like a Google Drive that had a thousand folders yeah. in it. I don't know yeah. that we were using. Were we using Asana yet? Yes, you were. Yeah, you were. <laughs> <laughs> we, we definitely didn't have Airtable. We didn't have any kind of, we didn't, we just were like, Brie and I are basically just running around frantically all the time, constantly trying to, it felt like we were drowning, right? And I think the systems are really important. I know you are like, we, the way we kind of operate is Rebecca kind of has like her parts of the business, I feel like that you just run that you have taken. And then I kind of run my part and we both kind of work separately. And I feel like we both kind of have our own systems for how we do things. 
but having the systems to me for a long time, I was like, I'm a creative. I can't <laughs> have systems. Like I, my brain doesn't work that way. And I just have to like be in flow. And like, what I realized was that it took so much energy from my brain to have to sit down all the time and figure out what to do and figure out like constantly thinking about like every day I would sit down and be like, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? Should I do that? Which, what needs to be? I don't know. Like there was just no plan ever. And I actually found when I made a plan and I just followed the plan, it actually gives me more space to be creative and so much more freedom because I know I can get things done like in a certain amount of time and when we're going to, when I'm going to do everything. Um, what's like your advice for people for getting started with systems? If they're like, yeah, I'm disorganized. I'm sure people, there's some people listening yeah. to this that are like, yeah, I'm fucking disorganized. <laughs> like how do they get started kind of getting that? Yeah. So again, start simple, but and use whatever tool you're already using, or if you don't have any, you know, obviously we love Asana and Airtable, but you know, it's not about the system or the planner. It's more about just like using it and just creating a space to store things so that you, like you said, you don't have to sit down and think about, you know, where did I put this? How do I find this information again? You know, a place to store all your links and content and that's going to save a ton of time, you know, like in a practical way. Um, so that you don't have to redo things or like, you know, um, creating SOPs or standard operating procedures is really helpful because even if you're a solo entrepreneur, like a lot of times it's, you know, you learn how to edit a podcast and then you might not do it for three months. And then when you go to do it again, it's like, shoot, you have to, you have to relearn how to do it. But if you document these simple steps, while you're learning the first time, like you save yourself time. Um, so just starting small by like just creating a storage place for these things is key. And like you said, also having a place to store your ideas and your tasks. Um, it just like relieves all the mental clutter in your brain. You don't have to remember these things anymore. Like, oh yeah, I got to remember to do X, Y, Z. It's like, you just put it, write it down or type it in your asana or whatever planner you use um it just relieves a lot of space in your brain like you said and then you have more freedom the structure actually creates freedom to be creative and it really does i just went through this yesterday because i finally sat down and planned out our launch that's coming up and i've done a lot of launches at this point like i mean and we run them pretty similarly every time so i can definitely just like i feel like i can like fly by the seat of my pants and like do a pretty good job but it feels so much fucking better I like mm -hmm. made a whole I have a whole table now that has every piece of content that's going to go out in the launch every Facebook post every Instagram story um everything we're going to do I want to do in the challenge the contest the emails and then I'm just going to go through that table and draft all of that so that way I'll have drafts of them already done in the launch and so yeah I'll still be finalizing things in real time but I also have like a really strategic plan about what I'm posting and when and what I'm sending out and when, and it just feels so much better, right? Than just knowing like have this whole huge event coming that I'm gonna have to manage. Even as someone who's done it for years now, I've been launching like this for years now, but I'm telling you guys, the more organized you are kind of with the launches and the content, it makes, it makes the execution so much better. 
right? And I can tell a difference when we when I do a launch where it's really well planned. That it's it's like I'm able to execute at this like next level, and the sale the oh my calendar is going off. <laughs> the sales are always, always better. Like I always do really see a difference in the bottom line. And so I'm not telling you guys, you got to plan out every single little thing, but I don't know. I think it's pretty helpful. Like I felt great, even just having it all where I could see it. Like I have it all on a table, but there's also a calendar view so I can see what I got to do every day. And I really think planning, it just gives me this level of clarity where I'm able to be a better leader and I think that's what impacts the sales. I don't think it's even necessarily that I'm like saying anything that different, right? Or presenting it really that different than I would in real time. But there's a level of like clarity in me and energetically in my body. I feel like I know what the fuck I'm doing. And I think when you do that and you show up that way in your business, people can tell, right? Whereas if I'm behind the scenes, kind of like throwing shit together and like doing everything at the last minute every day, I don't think I have that same kind of certainty in myself that like, I know what the fuck I'm doing and I know what, I know I can help you. Right. It's like, it's so clear when everything is so well executed and so clean. So just something to strive for you guys. You don't have to do everything perfect. And like, that's not what I'm saying, but I think the organizations and the systems are definitely worth learning and it can be simple. And we teach you that in the becoming boss mastermind, Rebecca coaches in there. (laughs) You can come get coached by her. <laughs> You're coming back next quarter, aren't you? Yes. I okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like promoting that you're in the mastermind. I'm like, I better check that she's staying as yes. a coach. So yeah, you guys will get a call with Rebecca every month next quarter. And she does a lot of calls about Asana and Airtable and organizing and all the things. So you can come learn that in there. Where can people find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram um, at the.rebecca.lara, but I mostly hang out in my Facebook group, which is Calm the Chaos. <laughs> um, and we teach all things productivity, time management systems um, to help simplify your business. Yeah. So if this is resonating with you guys, you got to go to the Calm the Chaos Facebook group and get in there because Rebecca's always doing really great special things I'm still like do some coaching with Rebecca and I'm always like you give them too much shit for free (laughs) she like really goes above and beyond in there and does lots of extra things for that community so you definitely want to join and then you have a freebie they can get yeah um we have lots of trainings inside of the Facebook group um on Airtable and Asana but I do have a workshop on how to easily plan your week using Asana that I'll share the link for with everyone Asana was game changing for me you guys when I learned how to use that I remember someone showing it to me and it like blew my mind I was like holy shit and it just made everything so much especially when I was solopreneur I lived and died by that because I used to run this business, the radical transformation business, and I freelanced and had clients. What an insane season that was, but I had <laughs> everything in Asana and I would just sign on and it was like, I just did my list every day. So I just had office hours and then my list in Asana. And it, it's such a great way to stay organized. If you're feeling like I got a lot of balls in the air and like a lot of stuff going on and you need to keep track. i I really recommend Asana and it's free, isn't it? Yeah. I still, you and I, um, this business still use the free account. I use the free account for my business. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, like an enterprise, like a corporation, yeah. I think you can get away with the free account, which is mind blowing to me because we pay 
I mean, we pay for everything these days. (laughs) So it's really nice. So it's a great resource for you guys when you're starting. You can definitely organize all your stuff in there. And yeah, come join the mastermind. Get coached by Rebecca. Is there anything else we need to tell them? We have any words of wisdom to leave them with? Just a little bit. <laughs> yes. Keep it simple. When we get off of this simple. podcast, yeah, we get off this podcast, set your timer, work for 10 minutes. Every little bit counts. And you just go little bit by little bit and feel good about what you're doing. And eventually, I'm always like, if you keep your thoughts, feelings, and actions lined up with the result you want for long enough, you can create anything you want. It's really, that's really what I do to create the results in the business. Right. And I think it really works. So you just keep doing it for a long enough period of time. And it's like, you will get the outcome. Like you will get the result hundred percent. You don't need to worry about if it works or doesn't work. If you just keep doing a little bit over time, there's no way you're not going to create, you're going to create some kind of result for something, right. It's not like just like nothing is going to happen. So do a little bit, get organized, go hang out with Rebecca. Join the mastermind. Join the mastermind. Yeah. (laughs) We'll teach you all the things. Yeah, we do teach you all the things in there. That's the truth. We got something for everybody in there. But yeah, thanks for being here and sharing that story. I really appreciate you taking the time and I'll see you soon. Yes. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was, it was so much fun. Hey guys, if you're listening to this episode right now and you're feeling stuck in your business, if you just can't get it to go where you want to go, or if you're listening to this and you're realizing you need a serious overhaul and how you're thinking and your mindset, and you're ready to do that work and create some incredible results, I can help you do that. And I help people do that all the time inside the Becoming Boss Mastermind. This is a mastermind for all levels. You're not too new. You're not too experienced. No matter where you are and what you're doing, the things that I teach in the mastermind will help you create results in your business and in all areas of your life. It's very powerful and very effective for creating change and creating results. We have a ton of evidence of that. So if you would like to be part of this incredible transformational community and experience, I would love to have you. The best thing to do is click on the link in the show notes and get on the wait list. When you guys join the wait list, I'm gonna send you a free workshop. This is the replay from the 100 Air Retreat I did, and it teaches you how to make a $97 product and sell five of them. And the reason I'm doing this is because I don't wanna hear when we open it that you don't have the money. I can help you get the money. Let's do this. Go ahead and click the link, get on the wait list, and I will see you guys in the next episode.